When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Aaron Rodgers-Jimmy Kimmel feud continues to heat up. Yesterday, Rodgers going off on a five-minute rant on ESPN's airwaves to address it. Plus, you will be shocked when I tell you how much Taylor Swift's cat is worth. It is unbelievable. Plus, I'm thinking about making a trip to Seattle for something very special. We'll get into that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello and good morning to everybody. This is Outkick the Morning. I am Charlie Arnold. And listen, I am a woman, which means I love drama. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers is striking back at Jimmy Kimmel warms my soul for more reasons than one, obviously. Uh, But Aaron Rodgers, he was back on the Pat McAfee show yesterday to address his comments that he made about Jimmy Kimmel just a few days ago after Jimmy Kimmel went off on Aaron Rodgers on Monday night. It's a lot to keep up with here, I know. Uh, because he claimed that Rodgers called him a pedophile in anticipation of the Epstein list being fully released. So here's a little refresher before we get into the new nuggets here of what Kimmel said in his tirade on Monday. I'm not one of those people who thinks athletes and members of the sports media should stick to talking about sports. I think Aaron Rodgers has the right to express any opinion he wants to. But saying someone is a pedophile is not an opinion, nor is it trash talk. Sorry, Pat McAfee. And as far as the, well, you say things about people all the time argument goes, yes, I do. It's not the same. It's not even close to the same. We say a lot of things on this show. We don't make up lies. In fact, we have a team of people who work very hard to sift through facts and reputable sources before I make a joke. And that's an important distinction a joke about someone, even when that someone is Donald Trump, even a person who lies from the minute he wakes up until the minute he's smearing orange makeup on his my pillow. Oh, it's so rich. Everything that comes out of Kimmel's mouth is just a joke, right? Everything has been very thoroughly processed and preempted by researchers and the most talented team in the world. And everything is a joke and it's fair game, but not when it comes out of the mouths of anybody else, right? Anyways, Rogers understands all of this. He's not confused here, so he wasted no time, again, appearing on the Pat McAfee show again yesterday, bringing receipts and reading his, quote, verbatim from last week to prove Kimmel has it all wrong, as did the execs at ESPN who apologized for Rogers' insensitivity and inappropriateness. Listen. A lot of people, and I'm quoting myself here, a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't come out. End quote. That's what I said. That's the entire quote. I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. So for him to be upset about that, I get it. Did you watch the quote? Because that's exactly what I said. Verbatim what I said on the show. Okay? I'm not stupid enough, even though you think I'm an idiot, and you made a lot of comments about my intelligence, but... I'm not stupid enough to accuse you of that with absolutely zero evidence. Okay, so from where I'm sitting and probably from where everyone else is sitting, it's very easy to realize, as it was the first time around, that Rogers did not call Kimmel a pedophile. 
Okay. He brought it back. He re-explained. Thank you very much. But obviously, at this point, Rogers is very upset, right? Because now Kimmel is coming at him with all of this BS. So Rogers didn't stop there. Because after being called anti-vax, a tinfoil hatter, MAGA, the list goes on, he's upset. So he came at Kimmel for giving Fauci a platform. Listen to this. He gave a platform to one of the biggest uh, spreaders of misinformation during the COVID times, Dr. Fauci. Um, so in my opinion, Jeez. you know, he ripped me about ripped me about the vax. And and that turns out to be an L on, on many occasions because the vax was not safe and effective like we were told that it was in the beginning. Uh, there are a lot of injuries now that we've seen related to the vaccine. So in my opinion, you went after me. That's fine. You're a comedian. Go for it. Not offended. But that, that was an L. OK, so Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of good points. Uh, nothing he's saying is without facts and or research. Uh, similarly to what Kimmel claims his jokes are based upon jokes. I put them in air quotes because uh you know what they say about when you're sarcastic or make a joke. There's always a little bit of truth generally behind it. Uh, I really have to say that not everything that Rogers does do I respect, right? I think he should have been more transparent in the fact that he didn't get the COVID shot during the season in which he was still playing for the Packers. Um, I think he could have avoided a lot of the controversy and spectacle that surrounded that. But I don't not respect his decision to not get it. I also don't not respect the decision for him to air his more conservative values and thoughts publicly when many people are so afraid to do so. I think that is exactly why he is being cornered by the media and by comedians like Jimmy Kimmel and painted out to be some bad guy is because he does have more conservative thoughts. Uh, that's how a lot of conservatives are treated. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a world-class athlete. He's obviously a very honest and open and authentic guy, which is a reason why he's allowed and welcomed onto Pat McAfee's show. Again, another very respected and authentic and transparent member of the media's show each and every week. Um, I think that this back and forth is ultimately going to come to an end. But I think that right here we, we can stop the back and forth in terms of him calling Kimmel a pedophile. He clearly did not. He read his his quote verbatim. Uh, and I feel bad for him also that he has to now endure apologies being made on behalf of ESPN um, or made by ESPN on behalf of Aaron Rodgers for, for things that he didn't even say. He didn't see anything wrong. So uh, that's what I have to say about it. But I want to get an opinion of someone else whose opinion I highly respect. So now let's go ahead and bring in Fox News contributor Joe Concha for a little reaction. Joe, look at that background. Are you on the water right now? I am, yes. And, and you know, even though it was rainy and it was cold here in New York yesterday, it, it's it's really like a beautiful summer day here in Jersey. Much different weather here than we have uh, in Manhattan <laughs> right now. Or maybe it's a fake background that uh, I just went up with because I'm trying to be a professional for you, Charlie. I, whatever, whatever it is, I respect it. And I wish I was there. If you're on a boat, I would like an invitation next time. Um, OK, let's I'm talk about what's going on between Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> let's go. Uh, what's going on between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel? Obviously, a lot of back yeah. and forth here. But I think it is very clear now, especially after yesterday, especially after Rodgers read his comments again for the audience verbatim as to what he said last week. Uh, where do you stand on all this? I mean, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, obviously, as a comedian, has a very hard time taking a joke or becomes very sensitive when something negative 
is said about him, although he can totally dish it out, as we've seen many times before. Yeah, Charlie. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's the woke pope of late night. That is the nickname that has been bestowed <laughs> upon him. Uh, and he's a third place late night host, uh, well behind Gutfeld uh, and, and even behind uh, somebody like Colbert, who is almost no different from Kimmel. But yeah, you want to talk about thin skin. One little joke told about Jimmy Kimmel and Jeffrey Epstein, and he threatens to sue Rogers, says he put his family's life in danger. I, I love the fact that you have Jimmy Kimmel saying that he doesn't make up lies on his show. This is the same guy right. who over and over again talked about how Donald Trump peed on hookers uh, in Moscow based on that discredited <laughs> dossier, right? Presented it as fact, by the way, as if it was completely real. I can go through the dozens upon dozens of lies that Jimmy Kimmel has said on his show, but we got finite time here. The, the part that really stood out to me, Charlie, was when you had Kimmel going after Rogers based on his education. Here's what he said, quote, mm -hmm. a guy, and he's talking about <clears throat> Rogers, who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate. Aaron Rodgers got two A's on his report card, and they're both in the word Aaron. Ha ha. Now, now here's the funny part about this, okay? Aaron Rodgers only went to community college because he didn't get any big offers from any big schools like a Cal, like a Michigan, right? So he goes to community college. He plays well in JUCO. He then gets the scholarship to go to Cal. He lights the world up. While he's there, the Packers obviously draft him. He plays behind Brett Favre for a while. And then when he gets his chance, he completely and totally dominates the NFL. One of the greatest quarterbacks we have ever seen. He obviously won a Super Bowl. If he was on better teams with actual defenses in big spots, he probably would have two or three or four. And now he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Here you have Kimmel talking about, well, you, you only went to community college. You didn't graduate from Cal. That's interesting coming from Jimmy Kimmel, considering he went to Arizona State, which is a nice school, but he didn't graduate from there either. So here's the elitist part, right, that we're talking about. And I found it funny that Rogers responded this way, quote, I think it's impressive a man who went to Arizona State and has 10 joke writers can read off a teleprompter. I mean, that is posterizing <laughs> slam dunk to use a basketball term with a football player. But I think Rogers has handled this magnificently. And Jimmy Kimmel looks like the smaller guy here because he literally is in real life. And he is as far as his soul is concerned. It, both very valid points. And in fact, you're so correct. A lot of people don't realize now. I don't want to totally take away um, all of Jimmy Kimmel's talents. I mean, he had to prove himself to get to the place that he is. But a lot of people don't realize then once you get to this place where Jimmy Kimmel is, I mean, he even alluded to it. They've got a whole team of writers, researchers. He's not even writing most of his own material. Like you said, he's, he's, he's reading off of a teleprompter. Uh, whereas Aaron Rodgers, uh, again, I don't agree with everything that he says and does, uh, but he does not have anyone providing him with all of the things that he says on a daily basis. And, you know, for someone that is spending most of their life playing football and focusing on sports, he is a very well-informed guy, which you got to respect. I mean, even more so than some of the rest of us. And, and to the point you made about him going to junior college and all that, I was reading about this yesterday, which I thought was interesting. He had no offers because he was only 5'10 at that point in time, like he was a smaller guy. And yeah. then he had a growth spurt while he was at community college. So like he was a late bloomer, you know? Yeah. I, I guess I, I some people, some people are in that position. <laughs> Yeah, I, Charlie, I'm going to make this about me. I'm, I'm stealing this segment. 
I was five nine in Please. seventh grade, right? I was one of the tallest people, if not the tallest person in my class in seventh grade. I was a center <laughs> for the basketball team. I was a tight end and a defensive end. And then I stopped literally in eighth grade at five nine. And 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 then I had to play all these positions, which I was then under sized for, but I still won a state championship for Wayne Valley High School in New Jersey as a defensive end, if you could believe that. I did have to quit the basketball team, though, because five nine centers just won't cut it. But yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers, as far as this vaccine stance, you could agree or disagree with it. That's fine. But that's made him a target from the left. And yep. look, all I know is this guy tore his Achilles. The third play of the season, which is so New York Jets to happen, and it, it even happened to Vinny Testaverde way back when, uh, when, when he uh, was supposed to bring them to a Super Bowl. And in the first game of the season at Giants Stadium, uh, which was the old stadium at the time, he tears his Achilles heel. I mean, the, the Jets history is just remarkable if you just want to be horrified. And he actually, when no one said he could come back, he could have played those last couple of games if they were in playoff position. And, and he proved everybody wrong who said that he couldn't do it. So agree or disagree with Rodgers, he's his own man. And he'll come back for the Jets next year at 40-something. And I have a feeling he'll make them very competitive if he could stay healthy. And more importantly, he probably has a career with like a Pat McAfee kind of show uh, afterwards. I say pair him yes. with Charlie Arnott, and then we got something really cooking. Oh, I, I yeah. love the way you're thinking. Thank you so much for presenting that idea. I think it's a stupendous one. Um, okay, so Joe, speaking of basketball, I know you weren't able to pursue your you know, career. Unfortunately, now you're sitting on the Hudson in front of you know the skyline. Which you know, not not a bad backup career. Thank you. Speaking of basketball, there was there was a high school in Yonkers. Uh, this was a girls' basketball team, uh, Roosevelt High School. They were playing a um, another op opposing team. It was a Jewish high school, and there apparently was a fight that broke out, and there were some anti-Semitic slurs being hurled at the Jewish players uh, by Roosevelt High School. They have since suspended or no, rather fired the basketball coach and also uh, suspended the player after these anti-Semitic slurs were hurled, uh, saying things like, I'm pro-Hamas, like, uh, we don't like Jewish people. Those were some of the things that were heard. Uh, but the, the interesting part about this was, is the school really took swift action, you know, firing this coach, making sure the player is no longer on the team, uh, maybe even going as far to expel the, the player from the high school in general. I'm not exactly sure on that. Uh, but it's a very st in stark contrast to what we've seen happen at these universities all over the country where you have people making anti-Semitic comments, the president's of the universities refusing to condemn anti-Semitism right there on the spot. Uh, do you think that we're experiencing maybe a shift or some type of turning point, or is this just one specific instance that we should be very excited about that at least, even though everyone else isn't doing what they should be, at least this high school decided to really impose strict punishment on the people uh, that were so outrightly anti-Semitic? Charlie, I think it's an anomaly, unfortunately. I think we're going to continue to see all this stuff happen in places like Harvard and Penn. Let's put it this way at Harvard, right? So they got rid of Claudine Gay, but the reason was for plagiarism. It wasn't actually for, you know, her I mean, saying true. that it depends on the context of genocide of Jews that you're talking about as if genocide has context, right? So I hated the fact that that was the reason why she's gone. But the Crimson, which is the student newspaper there, they do a survey of all the professors uh, that are on campus. And they ask them, okay, what ideology do you think pertains to you? And 97%, 97% said that 
they are either somewhat liberal or very liberal, meaning that only 2% say they're conservative and 1% uh, refuse to answer the question. So isn't that amazing that you get rid of Claudine yeah. Gay at Harvard, that's fine, but the cancer is still there, right? In other words, the tumor isn't the problem at this point. This thing has metastasized the stage five, basically, cancer as far as Harvard and Columbia and Penn and all these places. So good for Roosevelt High School. I say they should make every student in that school watch the videos that Hamas themselves mm -hmm. produced of them going in and murdering, raping, kidnapping, and beheading people uh, that were in their sleep, basically. And, and then you tell me whether you still support Hamas or <clears> not. <throat> Here's the bottom line. I'll leave you with this stat. I think it was YouGov that does a poll. 18 to 24-year-olds. Uh, what is the only resolution to the Israel-Hamas war? And a majority, 51%, said it's to eliminate Israel and give the land to Hamas. I mean, th this is unthinkable stuff. This is Holocaust kind of stuff, and you have people supporting it. It would be after, like, after 9-11 saying, go Al-Qaeda. It's like, what? I mean, how did young people get to this point? And it's because of the teachers and the indoctrinization that we're seeing at this point. Yeah, uh, you make you make so many good points. And uh, I do believe that they said the, uh, the uh, students from Roosevelt High School are going to have to undergo sensitivity training as a result of this incident. But, Joe, uh, uh, I've got to let you go because you, you have a boat to catch. So... You know, I don't I don't want you to miss the uh, I won't even call it a ferry. I think you're probably out there on a yacht. I don't want to undervalue you at this. We're point. going full yacht. We're going full yacht, Charlie. And next time uh, you're with me, Aaron Rodgers is with me. We'll make it a part. Boom. Lovely. All right. Well, have a good one. We'll see you soon. All right. Talk to you soon, my friend. Take care. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright. And I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless, from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. A story that I'm really interested in getting into, um, you know, this is a very uh, strong pivot from the conversation we were just having, but uh, Taylor Swift, uh, she has a cat, and uh, her cat is actually worth more than her boyfriend, believe it or not. Um, I'm not sure how Travis Kelsey feels about this, uh, but if you want to listen to this, um, she's got a cat that she adopted back in 2014. Uh, it's called Olivia Benson. Her, her cat is a very noble name, like an actual name, Olivia Benson. I'm not sure if he just calls her Olivia or maybe Livy or there's like a little nickname or if she just full on calls it Olivia Benson every time she calls the cat. Anyways, her cat is one of the richest cats in the world. 
clocking in at $97 million. Now, I'm not really sure how you value a cat. Like, is this mean, like, if she were to potentially put the cat up for auction, like, this is what it would go for? I'm not sure because she adopted it. I mean, it was a free cat. How do you value it at $97 million? And I have to imagine she would never put it up for adoption, which is which is probably a great thing. Uh, there's probably a lot of weirdos that would want to adopt Taylor Swift's cat. Um, but in contrast to her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, he has a net worth, this is estimated, of course, of $40 million. So her cat is worth 50, no, sorry, I'm really like, no, I am, yeah, 57, no, wait. Someone help me with the math here. 97 minus 40 is 57, right? <laughs> Guys, I'm so bad at math, which is why I'm sitting in this chair talking to you. Um, $57 million richer than Travis Kelsey. Thank you. I just got confirmation from my producer, uh, confirmation from uh, someone in Nashville, and confirmation from someone else sitting in this room. So three people have confirmed it's $57 million. Thank you, everybody, uh, for making sure my math skills are correct this morning for everyone. Um, so that, that's that's what we're dealing with here. I, I can't imagine if I was the man in someone's life to know that I bring less to the table financially than the person's pet, uh, what that might do for my self-esteem. But, you know, I guess if times get tough and uh, something horrible happens to Taylor Swift financially. Maybe people stop liking her music. Maybe Travis Kelsey has some type of horrific injury. He can no longer play and he spent all of his money trying to woo Taylor Swift in the in the process, buying that big home, uh, buying all these fancy clothes he continuously wears. We all know he's very into fashion. Maybe he goes into bankruptcy of some sort. Uh, at least they have the cat to rely on. Because even if they don't sell the cat, maybe the cat could be put to work, right? Like start doing appearances, I have to imagine someone worth $97 million is worth probably a good amount. We should put the cat on Cameo and do shout-outs. I wonder what kind of shout-outs the cat could give. Olivia Benson, what do you want to say to all of your adoring fans? Um, it's a very interesting uh, prospect. And uh, I would just, I'm curious to, to hear what my dog is worth, Zora. We should bring Zora on the show sometime and um, see what she has to say. Maybe she could do math a little bit better than I could. Based on the experience I just had, I have to imagine Zora is a better mathematician than I would be myself. Um, okay, now we're going to get into uh, probably one of the greatest events of the year. I'm considering going. I'm just not quite sure I would make the cut. You know, this event, as much as it's about inclusivity, I don't know, but I have a feeling if I showed up, maybe looking the way that I do, having the values, political views that I do, I have to imagine I might not be welcome. Uh, but just to give you all a little idea of what I'm talking about, there's an event. It's going on in Seattle this week. It's called FatCon. And uh, before we get into you know what they're really trying to promote, I'm going to let one of their ambassadors explain it firsthand for you. Here goes. It's time for a giveaway. The FatCon team and I have teamed up to give two lucky winners two tickets to the FatCon in Seattle, Washington, happening January 5th through 7th. To enter the giveaway, you must be 18 years or older and you must be following the FatCon page. You must like this post and down below in the comments, tell us what fat liberation means to you or what you're most excited about for FatCon. You're not going to want to miss the opportunity to be in the fat community and celebrate fat joy at the FatCon in Seattle, January 5th through 7th. Okay, so there's other things that she said. Um that make this event just feel like it's something I can't miss. Uh, there's a fat brunch taking place 
I I feel like every time I go to brunch, it's a fat brunch. So I'm just curious what differentiates their fat brunch from my fat brunch. Um, but it, it intrigues me. Um, there is a, a fat photo shoot happening. It's a, a, a fat liberation workshop. So, I mean, this just feels like, I don't know, like I'm missing out. And it's in Seattle of all places, guys. I mean, who would want to miss the opportunity, a golden opportunity to go to Seattle of all places? I mean, this feels like the perfect backdrop for FatCon. Uh, but they said that the purpose of this is to improve the lives of fat humans through art, health, We'll come back to that one. Public policy and community outreach. By improving visibility and uplifting the voices of people of size, we don't seek acceptance. We seek fat liberation. That, that was poetic right there, wasn't it? Okay, first of all, nothing that you're teaching is to improve the lives through health because the lifestyle that you're living, just judging by the woman who was you know, acting as the ambassador to give away these free tickets to such a tremendous event— she looks horribly unhealthy. I mean, first of all, this right now I'm sitting in a massive armchair. I have to imagine she probably takes up this entire armchair. Now, I'm not trying to be rude when I say this. I'm just saying this chair is not meant like to be taken up from side to side. This is an oversized armchair. Uh, but unfortunately, if you are in the position where you're taking up the whole armchair, it probably means that you are not following a very healthy diet, probably getting little to zero exercise, definitely not even getting in like the basic number of steps in per day just to make sure, you know, you're exercising your cardiovascular system, even even at the, the most minimal level. Um, I think it's really sad, quite honestly, that there is something like fat con that exists. Uh, I think there feels like there's a con for absolutely everything in this world. Um, all of the kind of weird I guess I don't want to call them like fetishes, but just mindsets or different ways of living lifestyles that people have that normally aren't accepted, but they're not accepted for good reason. Uh, it's not that people just don't like fat people or people that look differently than they do. You are quite literally living a very unhealthy lifestyle and doing very much like tons of damage to every single system in your body. Uh, not to mention you're making things just more complicated for everybody else. Like we've seen time and time again, the things on the airplanes, them needing more than one seat, now getting more than one seat for free when meanwhile, there are families who are very much struggling, who travel with their children who don't get more than one seat for free. Uh, I can't really put an explanation to it. And I don't agree with it. Um, it just seems like being fat is being celebrated more and more these days. And I don't think that it's healthy to go into an environment where you're trying to be validated for the unhealthy lifestyle that you're living. Um, I think that you're probably just doing more damage by going into these places and being validated and taking part in all these weird workshops. And uh, probably, I have to imagine, along with the, the ticket comes unlimited food, right? The fat brunch, for example. Um, I don't know. I, I can't get on board with this. I, I feel like these people aren't trying to better themselves. They wake up each and every morning being like, you know what? It's okay that I look like this. It's okay that I'm living my life this way because I'm going to celebrate it and I'm going to find other people that celebrate it. So instead of waking up and thinking, you know what, maybe I should try to make an improvement to my lifestyle. That's the opposite of what they're doing. I um, mean, events like this definitely do not help their cause. And, um, you know, I wish only that there may be some doctors on site. Uh, maybe that should be a little element we throw into the mix. You can take their blood pressure 
who can check their vitals and say, listen, you have at this point effectively cut off decades of your life because of the unhealthy lifestyle that you live. And uh, if you would like to have a family one day, if you would like to be a amazing wife or mother or even daughter or son to your parents who hopefully are still alive, you're going to have to make some real changes. Um, so please, if any doctors are out there watching, Seattle, this week, FatCon, please offer your services pro bono. Uh, I, I know I made a joke saying I would love to be there, but I certainly will not be there. Uh, I will be in Las Vegas, uh, where we already know there are tons of fat brunches of their own. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for being here today. This has been so much fun. And we're going to do it all again tomorrow. Uh, so in the meantime, make sure to give me a follow on social media at Charlie on TV. And with that, I say goodbye. And I will see you tomorrow, which is Thursday. Have a good one.